Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, sitting in shell seat today. <laughs> and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell, on my left. Shell, how are you doing today? Great. You wanted to flip-flop this, huh? I like this angle You better. like that angle better? Hey, I'm fine over here. I don't care. I'm a righty, so I'm on the right. I'm ambidextrous, so. Yeah, I'm good with that. Flip my computer over here, get my mic moved. Sounding good? It sounds fun. How's, thing, how's things going this uh, beautiful first week of March? Do you feel spring has sprung? I do. I feel a little springy. Um, it's a little difficult week. You were gone most of the week. We'll talk about that, though. Yep. First thing I wanted to talk about is we will be in Pensacola, Florida this Saturday, Saturday the 7th, from, and we'll be at the butcher shop. That's it. Pensacola, Florida, from 10 to 2. 10 to 2, doing samples of A9 brisket, the famous brisket that everybody's using in comps, and some uh, tri-tip. So that'll be good. Yeah. Are you going to be doing a demo, or are you going to be doing... I, just passing out samples or well it's not it's not like a class so i guess yeah. i mean i might do a little demo or i know i'll be talking about the briskets meet and greet so kinda. yeah it's mainly gonna be a meet and greet talk kind of i mean i'm planning on showing people how they can cook a good brisket in their backyard i mean it's not really a class but i guess you call it demo demo tips brisket tips yeah and then i'm sure i'll go over the tri-tip too so yeah i mean I but answer all want, questions. If you're close to, if you Pensacola, come at me with a question, we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> if you're gonna be in um, Pensacola, Saturday, two days. Yeah, uh, swing by, check Malcolm out. I'll be there, but don't talk to me. I don't like talking. You gotta talk. I don't like talking to people. You don't? Why? We we both have different gifts. I don't know. You're pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we gonna talk about today? Because you know, the jerk. Pork belly bites or burn ends. Number two, jerk belly bites. That's number two. What's number one? Uh, Pensacola. <coughs> okay. Well, yeah. So this week, um, before I went to Georgia, I went ahead and did my uh, recipe or my video for the week and Shell edited it. Um, we actually recorded it Sunday because the weather, well, it almost caught us. I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was close. We were trying to get it done. It was so, started sprinkling as yeah. we were wrapping it up. But it worked. We didn't get wet. You didn't get wet filming. Uh -uh. That's all that's important. The and, equipment and didn't the, get wet. And the pork belly turned out fantastic. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so you got, did you come up with that idea on the <coughs> podcast? No, no. I mean. Cause we, or is that when you told me about it? I'd had it wrote down for a while. I thought of it, you know, um, when I went to Jamaica, I went to try jerk pork. And, you know, we talked about that last week that yeah. uh, the jerk pork we had wasn't uh, as good as we hoped it would. Yeah. But it was kind of cut into bites. It was. And so. Tiny little. I just. I'd said, you know, pork belly burn-ins is a big thing. I did the bacon burn-ins. Why wouldn't those be good in a jerk sauce? You know, done the same kind of way. And so first I was like, well, I'll just do pork belly burn-ins and, and, you know, toss them in a jerk sauce instead of glazing them with a barbecue sauce. Then I got to thinking, I was like, no, we're going to do it the traditional way where you make the fresh, wet kind of jerk marinade. Um, like the first chicken recipe I did uh, when I did jerk chicken years ago at the old house where, you know, you take all these fresh ingredients yeah, and you kind of food process them, puree them up, 
I mean, it's got, you know, onion, ginger, pimento, garlic, all that stuff, lime juice, soy. It smelled so honey. good. Oh, man, it's fragrant. It's just kind of just smelled like the tropics. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. good. It was really good. And uh, put the put the cubes of pork belly in that instead of just, you know, seasoning them. Because I put some of the jerk seasoning in it that kind of gave it those notes. But it was more about the wet marinade. And, and you let them go <clears> overnight. Yeah, I put them in a like a big Ziploc meat bag. bag. Meat bag. I call it a meat bag. <laughs> and uh, stuck them in the fridge. Now, they need – they're not going to get any flavor in there if you just go a couple hours. You got to give it some time. So six hours would be ideal. I would at least do that. So you got to plan this recipe. I would say out. 24 would be ideal. But yeah, overnight. I mean, that's six 12. Minimum. Yeah, six minimum. 12 idea. Let them go 24 if you can. Because they're, you know, it's a dense piece of pork and it's a lot of it's fat, but you're trying to get some flavor in the in the lean. And as much as, much as you can get of the marinade on it, it's, you know, good. How, how well will the pork belly absorb that marinade? These. Did very well. This is the first time I ever did it. it this wasn't a test recipe or anything. <laughs> I was like, we're doing this on, you know, I, I know yeah. it's going to be good. It's pork belly. And uh, so it worked out fantastic. I, now, the pork belly itself, that Cheshire pork, it was. It was huge. Um, oh, man, it was so good, though. Was that the biggest pork belly we've ever cooked? Mm, I don't know if it's the biggest, but uniformly all the way across, it was just had the perfect thickness. There wasn't any high humps or. Low thin spots like you get sometimes, yeah. and um, it was. I was really impressed with the, the quality of that Cheshire pork, and um, I think Bella was uh, the gentleman from Cheshire pork that he contacted us and asked me if I would, if I was interested in trying some of their stuff out. And I was like, Yeah, what you got? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just need some ribs or pork butt. And uh, he said, Man, uh, here's, here's a list of stuff, and is, if there's anything that catches your eye, I'd be glad for you to try it. So. So I looked through there, and when I saw skinless pork belly, 10 pounds, you know, center cut, and I was like, that's going to work perfect. So I said, man, send me a case of that. There's three of them. So I've got two more to do stuff with, so I'm probably going to be uh, planning to do to, to do some bacon, cure my own bacon, and then I've got a couple other recipes. Um, you know, one thing I want to do, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it with these, is I keep getting these questions about how do you get that skin crispy? How do you get that skin crispy? Well... I want to it before. Yeah. I've done it on the Jambo. Yeah. And it got somewhat crispy, but it wasn't like, you know, it didn't get that hot oil where it'll yeah, crackle. Yeah, and that's crackle. what I want to do. So I want to smoke it in chunks, like kind of like you a restaurant style, you know, you, you get it. And I've, I've done it like a, almost like a tube of four. Yeah. Yeah. The, where you cut it into slices. Yeah. Leave that skin on it. And then I'm thinking, Put it over, get my fryer hot. You know, the fryer I got out back, it's like a double, what's it called, a Cajun fryer yeah, or something Cajun like fryer. that? Get that old hot, put that belly down in that basket, and just set it there, and then get me a ladle. Ladle that hot oil so over the top. Like- so I'm going to cook it first and do that at the very end. And it's in that, it'll be in the basket so the oil can drain down. Yeah. Because it's kind of dangerous. Anytime you're <laughs> yeah. pouring that hot oil over something. And that's why I've never done a video showing people that. Because I've seen it done, and it's like, man, if you don't do it right, like in restaurant settings, they'll set up steam pans with a drain pan, kind of ladle it over it, and that'll get it crispy too, but uh, I'm going to do it. Do you I'm, remember that question we had one time somebody was kept emailing? They kept emailing you and asking, like, how do I get crispy pork skin? And you would respond back and say, well, you know, kind of hard to do. On a, on a smoker, it's yeah. It's kind of hard to do on a smoker. And he was like, well, it kept coming back with more questions like, what if I – 
smoke it, and then <laughs> take it off, and then crank my big green egg up to about 1,200 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it might work. I've seen different ways to do it. It's like they'll salt the meat. And yeah, yeah, that's what really you Really dry do. it out. And I, that's what I did. I did it. I've done it on the Jambo. It turned out good. Um, it was delicious. It just wasn't like crack. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I did do was fire up that beefer, and I put it under that 1,500 degrees, in, you know, off the beefer. And you can just watch it blow up like you know, like popcorn kind of. It kind of does like crackles. Yeah, like you're making a pork skin or something. You know, the kind of bag snack food type. Where is your beef? pork rinds? It's out in the garage. Mark has one. Uh, so, what do you think about that uh, Cheshire? I thought it was absolutely delicious. I mean, but the, the quality of the quality of the meat. You know, when I cut the center of it and on the video, I showed it. It looked like some some fancy bacon, yeah. like you know, think of the best Wright's brand bacon you've ever bought. The way you know the meat's just the meat to fat ratio is just right on it. That's what it was like, and I know it's gonna make some good bake cured bacon, but um, the fat, I mean, it just melted kind of. And I mean, there's you know when you do those, there's some pockets of still fat that don't render all the way and yeah. just, just left, but it would just it kind of dissolved when you put it in your mouth, and that was what, I mean. You gotta understand this stuff. Pork belly burn ends that way are just uh, what's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not decadent. much decadent. Yeah, decadent's a good word. You can't eat many of them. Uh-uh. They're so rich. They're very rich. I mean, belly's like you're not going to order a pound of belly. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> you're talking ounces that you can possibly eat, or you'll get sick. And every time I've I've cooked it and gave it to somebody because we we got tons left over. Yeah. I think there's probably still some in the there refrigerator. But you can't eat that much of it. And I and I gave my buddy Charles some. I was like, look, Charles, you don't don't sit down because it's going to taste good. You're going to think it's some of the best pork you've ever baked. And it probably is. It, the belly is probably the best bite of of pig or hog you can get, oh, yeah. I would say. Um, and you think of bacon. Bacon's good. Well, it's but, – yeah. But so I had to tell – I told him, I was like, look, Charles, you're going to get sick. And then, you know, <laughs> eat a couple of them and stop and then eat something the next <laughs> day. Bread. Yeah. And then sure enough, a couple of days later, I he, uh, I go over to the co-op and the, it's like, Charles, what do you think about that pork belly? And he said, man, that stuff's so good. He said, man, I got so sick. And I said, I told you, man, don't, 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 don't <laughs> you eat it like that. You can't. Push you can't. back. Yeah, it'll, it'll get you. It'll get you. Well, the first bite, you're just like, oh, my God. It melts in your mouth. It's got, tender. You don't even have to use your teeth. And you got to go just, back for a second. You know, it's just. <laughs> you don't uh, have to use your teeth. It's just deliciousness. <laughs> And then you go back, oh, I can do another one. Then I'm this small, you know. About the third or fourth one. You don't realize it starts sitting on you. <laughs> Cholesterol immediately shoots up. <laughs> Blood pressure goes up. Sweats come out. <laughs> yep, that's pork belly. Where have, good. You, where have you found pork belly before? Like this time you got it shipped. Yeah, most of the. say you don't have access to the Cheshire. Um, Minnie, come here. What's she whining about? I don't know. Um, most of the time I get it at Costco. They have uh, our Costco here. Well, the Memphis area has them all the time. Yeah, and you know they're so. We've seen like yeah. a big case. I don't ever see them. I'm here and go find them at Port Belly. I've seen them at Kroger certain times of the year, not whole. It'll be pieces, but it, you know if you can find the pieces of Port Belly, you know, two or three pounds, that's a perfect size to cut up and do this. Especially if you're just doing them at home. Like there's, you know, I don't imagine everybody's going to go buy. Um, a 10 pound pork belly and make the whole thing like I did. Yeah. That was visual. I mean, we had a ton. <laughs> you saw it was a mountain of pork belly. You could do like I half a pork I belly. I could have split right? that into three 
three pizzas easy, maybe four. It was huge. And then it made enough for us to eat and have as like an appetizer because you're not yeah. eating that as a main meal. I mean, it's kind of a treat. Yeah. It's something that, you know, you, you do a special occasion, something like that with it. But I would say, you know, order it. If you want to order one, you can probably ask your butcher. They can get them. I mean, every food service has them. I mean, you can restaurant, restaurant Depot. Depot has them, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely find them at Restaurant Depot. I mean, pork belly is a pretty big thing, but the majority of it, I would say, gets turned into bacon. So that's why, I mean, nobody, yeah. people, most people don't cook them the way we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's, it's fine. I mean, it's and really, really good. really, you could do other flavors. Have you ever thought about doing maybe yeah. like Cajun or? That'd be good. Asian? Asian, Ooh. yeah. I mean, Asian flavors go with pork belly. They're, you know, when, when, when it became the popular thing to do, that's where most of the, the flavors first were, where, you know, you yeah. found that that star anise flavor and all those, you know, things that just ginger things you'd associate with like Asian style were what you would see cooked, you know, pork belly prepared that way. And that's, you know, where a lot of it come from. They, I've seen them uh, do a char siu with it. And that's, that's something I might do some char siu pork belly bites. That'd be really good. Heck yeah. Soak them in the char siu marinade, do them the same way and let them sticky and serve it. You know, that would be really good dish to serve. So you got three or four pork belly Burning ends or bites, char siu style over white sticky rice. Yeah. Eat it with chopsticks. I mean, that'd be really good. With some vegetables. Yeah. That kind of and, that's, it up. That's, <laughs> and when I was doing the crispy, when I was thinking about touring around doing the crispy one, I was talking about it was going to be more of Asian style because that's where I've seen, that's where I've seen most of the crispy pork belly done. Um, and you kind of glazed them differently than you have before. Yeah. I didn't toss it back like in a glaze. I just let, I wanted it to, I wanted it to kind of get that charry um, jerk chicken-esque jerk kind of grill flavor to it. And so I just let it stay in there and kind of caramelize for hours instead of just setting the sauce for 10, 15 minutes. Like normally you would take them out of that foil, uh, dip them in the sauce, put them back on a rack, throw them back in there five, 10 minutes and they're glazed and you're ready to eat them. Yeah. Well, I wanted it to cook down even further. I wanted it to get, you know, sticky jerk. Kind of always charry going, yeah. Always, you always got to braise them to break them down. That's yeah. what the that's what the pan and the foil does. And you know, typically, I think the last time I did them, I did them with like the butter, brown sugar, or whatever. You know, kind of yeah, treat honey. them like a rib thing. That's just like like you're cooking ribs when you wrap. And I did them with, uh, the pork belly burn ends like that, and they're really good barbecue style. But this jerk style, I mean, I just went ahead and put the jerk sauce in there with some extra brown sugar, so it'd make that caramelized. And I used dark brown sugar, not just regular light brown. Was there a reason? I wanted it, I wanted it to get darker. I wanted the sugar to kind of uh, not burn, but you know how it'll caramelize, caramelize and, yeah. and get darker on the outside, and it did. It did. I mean, it was kind of in. I mean, the storm. It was kind of storm clouds rolling in, and it was getting, and we were getting day. to the end of the day, so we kind of lost some light. So it probably didn't. The video wasn't as bright then as when we first started. But I still thought they looked good on camera. But really, in that light, it was kind of deceiving a little bit because you it get a little, a little blue darker. tone. Yeah. yeah, the tone gets a little different on it. And um, but it, they were still you could I mean they looked probably darker than they were. But they, in regular light, like when we took them inside, they were I mean, they were beautiful. They kind of had a real um, real mahogany deep reddish mm-hmm. kind of dark you know dark reddish look with some char on them, and that's what I was going for. And um. It was easier glazing them that way. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just kind of tossed them around in that. I mean, and, and the, the majority, renderings and everything yeah. just kind of, it, it made a sauce in the pan. It, yeah. It thickened it, up. So I know when I wrapped them, 
I, I didn't want to put like a gallon of sauce in there because you're still going to render so much fat and it's going to make the liquid for you. It's melted belly. It's pretty much. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're cooking them in pork fat, you know, yeah. because it's rendered down. Well, I put, what was it, a pint? It's about a pint jars worth of jerk sauce I made yeah. and then a half a bag of that dark brown sugar. And so that mixed with all those drippings as it rendered out made that sauce. And then letting it cook down and reduce more, you know, it still had a pretty good bit of liquid in there, but it got real sticky. And then I took them out. And you could tell on the cutting board, I mean, they had some juice to them. Oh, yeah. And then when you pressed them, like you picked them up and squeezed them between your finger and thumb, and it just kind of mashes through it. <laughs> it's it's uh, like a kind of matte, like, you know, styrofoam. Yeah, matte, like yeah. Soft styrofoam yeah, matte. yeah. Spongy, kind yeah. Of, but not, not too, I mean, there was no resistance in them. But they would pop right back, like if you let it I don't go, know. it kind of come back. I don't think we, when you edited it, you showed it in the video when I was checking them with a the pen to see, no, you know, didn't. but they were, I was just checking them for feels. I wanted it to know they were like super soft, yeah. done, so I would stick that pen in them. I, what was I mean, the temp, Braden? Man, some of them were like 214, 215, yeah. 215, something like that. But with it being mostly fat, the fat's going to read. Yeah, it's going to read, yeah, yeah. But I was going for feel, and when the thermopin would just like slide <laughs> in them, you know, I was like, "Man, these are ready." And I didn't—I mean, time-wise, I didn't know it was going to take an hour, but that's about what it was. And it could take longer, depending on you know. The reason why I wrapped mud. them for an hour and I said, "Let's check them there," is when I do ribs, I'm wrapping them there, and I was thinking the thickness of those is about like thickness of a rib. Um, you know, if I had cooked the, that pork belly whole that style, which you could have done, you could cook it whole and then cut it up at the end. So a lot of people do their pork belly. Burn-ins that way. Whole, then cube it like a, like we do brisket point kind of? Yes. You could. Um, it takes longer because you're cooking it as a yeah. whole piece. Yeah. But also, um, to me, I think the reason why I, I first cubed them up like that was because I wanted more surface area on each bite. I wanted it to get the bark all the way around it on every side, you know, and I wanted mm-hmm. the sauce to get all over it. To me, when you cook them whole and then you cube them up you've got part of it the out the outer ones are around the edge of that pork belly will have it on most sides there'll always be a cut edge but the way i mean i did off oh, in the middle yeah. there's no yeah it's only got like a top and bottom and then you can say well you can reseason them put them back on and sauce them it's still not the same I to me it's better when they when they're getting crunchy or barky from all angles i agree and I imagine if you take that pork belly pretty far and get it really tender, the whole belly, and then try to slice it. Oh, yeah, you'd have to slice it way before you rendered it. Yeah. Yeah, you still or have else to. it's going to fall yeah, apart. you couldn't do it. Yeah. That's true. I mean, if it's if you if you leave it sliceable, it's not done, so it's still got some rendering to do. Yeah. Because it's, there's no way, you know, you, you should be able to. It's going to be so soft that a knife would just mush it in two, you know. Yeah, go exactly. Or it would rip the fat from the meat yeah you know the first it would it would do more like if you cook it that far whole it would do more like that one i cooked where i made pulled pork belly yeah that was so good oh man that's (laughs) the first video i ever did with pork belly i was emulating how to cook the belly out of like we do whole hog style with just the belly and you cooked it whole glazed it did the whole process you cooked it almost like a butt yeah i did yeah exactly like it and then shredded it and pulled all that lean meat out long strands I could come out of a hog and made a sandwich. That's, I mean, I'm telling you. What'd you what you call it? Decadent. <laughs> it was so belly good. is very decadent. That's a great word for it. But, Succulent. That's another good one. <laughs> it's 
sinful. <laughs> yes, it's very sinful. Um, it's the belly. It's the sinful meat. <laughs> <laughs> the other sinful meat. <laughs> sinful meat. Um, and you know, you could pull it out, kind of drain it, put it on a platter, and serve it with some extra jerk sauce. You know, yeah. double, do a double jerk sauce. You could dip it and stuff. I don't. It would, it's. I mean, it, no. But. I mean, I would say it probably. Rice and peas, is that what, you know, it's like yeah. traditionally would go with it? It's not really, I mean, that's not something, it's more of a treat. It's more like of an appetizer. Like an appetizer, you set out, people get a toothpick. I, I would, if I was, when I serve them somebody, I'm piling them up and just get, putting out a shot glass full of toothpicks and yeah. get you one and go. It's not really a meal type thing. It would be cool to do a full packet with them because, you know, say if we wrapped them up, once we got them all the color right on them, make little individual, you know, about six to eight pieces in them and in a packet, like we're wrapping up ribs, but wrap up those. And that I'm way, when you give them to somebody, they've got one little packet they can unwrap. Because you could open that up and let it glaze down and then cover it back up and set it out there and serve it. It'd be like belly and full, kind of like fishing, take on fishing full, <laughs> pork and full. Everybody be coming to your house. They would. You know, he's getting pork belly. Your own little bag of pork belly. Goodness. Yeah. What's been your favorite way to do the pork belly so far? Because we t- just talked about a couple of them. We did some burn-ins. For me whole, cooking it? For you eating it. Yeah. I mean, bacon's my number one favorite way. <laughs> <laughs> like getting good yeah, crispy just, bacon. Yeah, but that way, I mean, you're not going to beat the way it comes out of a hog, you know, that way, that style. That's true. To make a, that'll be the best pork sandwich you've ever ate. Um, it's super rich, and you probably can't eat a whole big sandwich of it, but it's so good. I mean, that's what I mean, we, you know, we we used to give it to, we still do when I cook whole hogs for for comps. We give it to judges. That's the dessert. That's the last thing you give them. They remember you buy is that pork belly. We pull it out in big long strands, and then man, just it's it's so awesome it when it is, y'all it pull is. it out in those strands, and like you kind of grab your hand around it and like slide all the fat off of it and then hand it to somebody and then roll it up like a little yeah, rose, roll it up and, like a rose yeah. hand somebody and it's still got oh it's good man <laughs> that's the best part of, it's the best part of pork i mean I'll, I'll i'll put that up against anything so you cooked it on the trigger could you cook it on anything else yes definitely um i think the pellet want, grill did really good though it did it did i mean any any indirect heat 250 ish it wouldn't hurt if you went 275 I probably wouldn't cook it any lower because you really need to get it to render. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd even do good at high heat. You think so? You just, <laughs> I don't, you know, I've never tried it on the, uh, like 30. I've never 30 tried 30 it on high. a drum, like up at those high heat. The one thing I'd worry about is if that grease gets to dripping too much, man. <laughs> I'm talking about it's going to be raining some grease, some fat rendering down on those coals. So, if you're cooking, you better, you know, that's why I think indirect does good. Yeah. And, that reminds me, I need to go clean that trigger I, out I before I get in there and crank it up next time. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, it's got some grease in the, in the trap and, yeah, on the full. That's why, you know, that's why I put that trigger drip pan in there. It's probably covered. I didn't pay attention to it. I Actually, just shut it down. I think you ran out of trigger drip pans and you used a lid. Oh, yeah, 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 like full size. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. It's a flat full size, like it's a little. So it's bigger. in an aluminum pan, a full size aluminum mm-hmm. pan lid, steam like pan, steam yeah, pan just, yeah. Lid. yeah, disposable steam pan lid. I just set it; it sits perfect on my diverter and catches everything. You could use that in any pellet grill, really. Yeah, you could. Is there anything you'd do differently? Mm, no, those, those were perfect. I'm telling you, y'all try, y'all try the jerk belly bites. 
They were worth it. So tell me about your Tuesday and Wednesday. So after, let's see, I come in Monday and did normal Monday work. Mm-hmm. What's normal Monday crazy. work? Inventory, answering thousands of emails, all that good stuff. Writing recipes for the for the videos, laying out the week, and then paying bills. <laughs> you know, all the no- fun stuff. <laughs> I mean, don't that sound fun? Don't you want to do that? Monday's always a good day. Yeah. I did make it to the gym Monday. There you go. That was good. Got my mile walk in on the treadmill, a little machine action. But um, so I had to get my trailers ready. That's what I'm getting to. Yeah. I went to the bank Monday, paid it, paid for the rest of the trailer. And then me and Jamie uh, jumped in the truck. What time did I left? You left like, at like 4 a.m., 4.30? 4.30, yeah. I had to beat Jamie's house at Tuesday five. morning. Tuesday. Drove to Atlanta. Um, went What'd to a meeting. To Atlanta for? Uh, we had our quarterly Royal Oak. Um, council council yeah pro council meeting so who's on the council meeting with you with royal oak this time like normally we got uh bonds barbecue ninja leads it he's kind of the he, he's a royal oak employee now um so does he work in atlanta now Heath, let's see leslie does, does, christina and mike from from sugar fire uh richard fergola uh, Hank's normally on Hank Vaden, but he wasn't there. And uh, Randy from Deep South. Um, so it's just a yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a group. great great group of people. From yeah, barbecue different industry. regions. Yeah, They're yeah. Royal Oak and by, yeah, kind of council. I mean, we they, we talk about what's going on in the barbecue industry with us, and they talk about what's share going on ideas. with them, and we share ideas. And they've got like eighty. I think Royal Oak has eighty eight teams or eighty seven. Teams that are sponsoring this year, so we, wow. you know, they ask us questions about what what's going on with the different teams and stuff like that. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> it comes You're up. Not revealing any secrets. <laughs> yeah, just... they didn't trade. I didn't. Uh, I, I, they didn't tell me what's in the charcoal. <laughs> they just asked me what I'm up to. No, we talk social media. We talk strategy. We talk. Yeah. New ideas. We talk contests. We talk all kinds of good stuff so, uh, about what what's going on, you know, in the barbecue world. They're just they're just interested in uh, the people that are using their charcoal. Basically, yeah. that's what it is. They're trying to do do better job marketing and uh, branding Royal Oak and, and getting it to the needs of the people that 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 want to you know cook cook with the charcoal, especially lump and briquette. So after that was over, uh, we jumped in the truck. That. Yeah. So that meeting always lasts. Four four and a half hours usually. After that, I jumped back in the truck. Jamie, I left him out in the truck the whole time. (laughs) He went and got some. Well, the rain done us. Man, I tell you, I should have. I was going to buy a trailer. I should have bought a boat. (laughs) (laughs) It rained and rained and rained. He went and got some new windshield wipers because my truck wasn't getting it done. And then we would drove down to Tifton, Georgia, which is about probably three and a half hours from Atlanta, south. And then that left us with another hour or something to get to Waycross, which is where uh, Southern Dimensions uh, Trailers is. And it's like, if you don't know where Waycross is, it's probably about 45 minutes from Jacksonville, Florida. So, so it's the very bottom yeah, of Georgia. Yeah, southeast Georgia. It's like not far from Savannah, uh, St. Simons Island, all that. And, I mean, you, you know, you're right there at the coast. Yeah. They're selling marine gas at the gas stations, you know. <laughs> and, and so we picked up the trailer. uh so you got up Wednesday morning. Yeah. 
we got in the hotel that night, I don't know, about 10, time we went to grab us some chicken wings over at Buffalo Wild Wings. It was right there by the hotel that we could walk. Had a couple, you know, cold drinks. And Is Buffalo Wild Wings your favorite chain restaurant? No. The chicken wings are one of my favorite <laughs> foods. <laughs> it could have been, yeah. It, it could have been, been Wayne's Wayne, Wings. Yeah, Wayne's Wings. I would have been there. <laughs> Just happened to be Buffalo Chicken Wings. And I got the Asian Zing, and I got the, the have a new original Buffalo. It's like, oh, really? Is like it any good? Third or fourth on the hot. Yeah, it wasn't hot at all. But it said it was. So yeah. It was really good. But, and then the next morning we got up, drove another hour to pick the trailer up. And you finally got it to see finally something. got to put my hands on, go in my new trailer and blow me away. I'm talking about the fit and finish on this truck. You hadn't seen it. You hadn't been in it uh-huh. yet. It's a, it's super nice. It's the nicest barbecue trailer I've ever owned. Um, You've only owned one. <laughs> no, I've got two, five over at Jamie's, I think. <laughs> yeah, but this has one with sleeping quarters. Oh, yeah. I've only owned one with sleeping quarters. You yeah. can sleep in them. No, remember the old Killer Hog trailer? We slept in that. It was just an enclosed car hauler trailer. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that one. You think I've only owned one trailer? <laughs> I'm glad I got you fooled. <laughs> <laughs> That trailer. <laughs> I'm not talking that about the store. The one we locked somebody in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I've only owned one this of this caliber, caliper, I guess you would say. But yeah, it's super nice. I mean, the it worked out. The layout worked out. Um, he's got my old hickory, a new old hickory CTO mounted on the back. I'm excited about cooking on a new one. I mean, uh, so what was the shop like? Busy. He has. How big is it? Uh, it's pretty damn big. He had now he does mainly does concession trailers. So the barbecue trailer I did is probably on the lower end. Oh, it's really? super nice. But he had he like he did a trailer for Gaffietti. He's got yeah, like triple axle. I don't know how many 40, 40 foot gooseneck trailer, full decked out kitchen. He does trailers like that. What is he doing? What does Gaffietti need a trailer for? Show off, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> he pull up and cook anywhere. He feeds. He does yeah. a lot of like you know a lot of cooking event style cooking, whether it's yeah promo for concerts or yeah. sporting events or things like that. It's probably where he's taking it. I imagine, but it's a pretty much kitchens on wheels is what he's building. He don't do much sleep. I mean, people aren't sleeping in these trailers. Yeah, only just comp guys, crazy comp guys are yeah. doing that. The rest of them are using them to make money. But there's I'm talking you know they're spending average probably hundred thousand dollars on a trailer. But he had one. He took us in. We got, I think he had 33 trailers going, like various wow. stages. I got a bunch of pictures of them. I need to get um, to you so we can figure out where we're going to put them because I want people wow. to see it. I was going to expect you to say like eight. Oh, no, no, no. It's This is a That's massive deep. operation. I imagine there were, I don't know, 30, 40 men working in there well from, from all stages, like from the ground up, building the frame. They actually build the frame. These aren't like car, car hauler mm-hmm. frames like, like, your, like our old trailer. Mm-hmm. These are actually trailers that they build to their specs, steel, frame up, sides. They build the doors. They build everything. It's nothing like So they built. They were putting together. They had this one station where they were testing the sinks, like any sink package or whatever they put in the trailer. They build it, assemble it, all the fittings, hook it up to water, make sure it works, no leaks, does everything it's supposed to before they install it. Like most of them, they just build you a cabinet, put drop the sink in, connect yeah. some pipes, and boom, here you go. This one, they're like fully testing. You know, they test the showers. They did. They had like, you know, how we went to Traeger and they had the water testing stations yeah. outside for testing the grills. They do. They have water testing outside for the trailers to check the if it's going to leak. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. 
I mean, it was a typical shop now. I mean, it wasn't, you know, you wouldn't. Yeah. I, ain't, I mean, it was, you know, you probably did it hard. You probably should have had a hard. OSHA would have made us wear hard hats. <laughs> I mean, we probably did safety goggles and all that stuff. We was in Georgia, so. Yeah. One of my I don't know if that applies there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was cool. It was really cool. I enjoyed I mean, they were so busy. I didn't get to hang out with Tracy a lot. He did. I do I do have a video on my phone. He kind of uh, went through and showed my trailer, and I just kind of rough recorded yeah, it yeah, with my yeah. phone. I want to get that up, too, on something. I don't know if we want to turn it into something for YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. Probably Facebook yeah, is what I was thinking. Yeah. Just, just a quick video. I can. Maybe we can get that up while we're traveling tomorrow to Pensacola. Oh, yeah. That'll be cool, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, I, man, his shop, we were there, I guess, getting it ready because they had to go through and – Show us everything. Mm-hmm. And then um, if there was anything they needed to fix, which I think like one of the doors needed adjusting a little bit, and he saw that they forgot the the little door chain thing on the back door. And so he had a guy come out and put that in. And then we tested the old hickory to fire it up. And then when he showed us, you know, made sure the generator or all the hookups was right and showed yeah. us how to work all that. Cause it's, I mean, it's got a lot of stuff. It's cool. Well, um, why do you need a barbecue trailer? I, don't, I mean, to cook hot dogs. <laughs> I know why you need a barbecue trailer. <laughs> because my other one's old. No, it's but worn why out. do you need one to begin with? I had a contest coming up in three weeks. <laughs> I, I bought. You know why I bought it? And I told there was actually some guys there from almost Canada, like upstate New York, and they were picking up one. Wow! And uh, did they, they drive over, all the way down, yeah. or did they fly? And the funny thing about that was they come to our, one of our classes in Olive Branch. It was a guy. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. He brought his kid, and, they were t- and the kid took all the pictures. Yes. And all that. Yeah, that was it. Him and his buddy, had they had drove, man, I want to say 18, 19 hours down there to pick up his trailer. Wow. And you and, thought you And I was there, and, he, and they come up knocking on the doors like, hey, man, can we take a picture? And I was like, man, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? He, he bought a cater. He's going into catering because he was doing comps. I can't remember his business name, but, uh, yeah, I think Jim was his name. But uh, it was that was cool. And uh, I forget where I was, but oh, this took a while. It took a while. That's where I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were there about three hours, and then um, time I took some pictures, did a little video for the shop tour. We hooked up, and we was back on the road. And then the rains set in. No, but what I'm asking is, a lot of people don't might not understand what a barbecue trailer is and why you need it. Oh, I was yeah, I was fixing. I was trying to, trying to divert there, not because <laughs> I wanted it. No, no, because I, I told them I wanted one because you had quit the team and said you weren't spending another night at a barbecue contest if you didn't have a decent <laughs> decent restroom, shower, and place to sleep. So I was like, green light, new trailer. <laughs> I had given you the green light a while back. No, but you but but I, I mean, you, you know, it's kind of. I like a place to keep all my stuff. I want it comfortable. Yeah. I want, you know, I think, I well, think for we'll competitions, do. Yeah. The, when, when you do competitions, you load everything up, you, you got your cookers, you got everything like that. You can put it in the back of a truck if you want to yeah, drive we, to the contest, set up, you have to spend the night cooking it, you know. Right. And that's, I mean, so it's just an extension of your house to make you more comfortable to cook better barbecues. Why I think you need to try Do you need one? Absolutely not. We spent, you could cook. I've spent many years cooking without a trailer. Yeah, hauling like you're talking about, packing everything I thought we needed. Sleeping even, in lawn chairs, sleeping, sleeping in trucks, wherever you could. Staying up all night, not even sleeping. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. I used to could. I used to could stay up all night, drink a little beer. Yeah, have a good time. Get up the next day and do the contest and make it home and then crash. But I can't do that anymore. I've, I mean, 
I've gotten old. <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> no. I mean, some guys still do it. I'm not. I mean, I, I, I need a little rest now. Yeah. And having a trailer, it gets us in out of the elements. You know, I mean. You, it helps you cook consistently. It too. does. It does. And it gives me a place it to. Gives you comfort. Keep stock. I mean, I can keep all my supplies there and yeah. replenish what I need. I know what's there. Everything's handy. And so it's basically like having been at, you know, it's at my RV, house. RV, kind of. Yeah. Oh, I would definitely say these are more RV instead of just trailer. Yeah. It's kind of an RV with the back porch for grills. That's what's what it is. Or not an RV. Yeah. I mean, camper trailer, I guess. Yeah. And that's what, that's the way uh, Tracy described it. I mean, he was like, this is pretty much an RV, you know, pretty much an RV. When we first started cooking comps, like getting more serious with cooking comps, not just going out there and throwing a party. Yeah. We didn't have any type of trailer. We would load everything up to the back of the truck. Me and Waylon would go to a contest. We'd set up. We'd get a hotel. <coughs> usually. Swap and, out. Yeah. Me and you would stay up to like three. Two or three. Two or three and watch everything. And then Waylon would go to the hotel room at nine. And come and relieve us at three. We go back to the hotel room, grab two or three hours of sleep, and then take come a right shower, yeah. come right back. Do it, and that's that's how we did them for years. And then you bought the red trailer, which had AC, yeah. had running water, and two then beds. we were able to put two beds in it and a blow up mattress. <laughs> and you had the option. There was no option. <laughs> Crowd up with me, <laughs> <laughs> or get a hotel room. We did that a lot. Yeah, oh, there's some <laughs> sometimes there's no hotels around. No, there's not, yeah. yeah. And there was no bathroom in the red trailer either. And you had to drive, so that meant no drinking. you couldn't have a beer because you I mean, we're not going to drink and drive. So What the hell showing, What am I showing up for <laughs> if I can't have a beer? Is that what your philosophy? <laughs> so now Probably should you have been. no excuses. I can bring you some wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> Bartles and James. <laughs> Bartles Do they still the, make those? I don't know. Good question. Uh, I my next. Why do you boys get so excited about getting a new trailer? Because it is exciting. <laughs> why do you get excited over get take a pair of shoes or a purse? It's just a old satchel. Yeah, but my friends don't all call me up and say, "Hey, man, how's that new tra- how's that new purse?" <laughs> show Malcolm your new purse. <laughs> <laughs> Mark called me today. Make sure show that new trailer. Did you hear? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, no, she don't care, Mark. She don't even want to go look at it. I do. I He's like, you mean you didn't have it over there at 6 a.m.? I was like, I wanted to, but I knew she wouldn't go out there and look. She'd have probably punched me at 6 a.m. if I'd have woke her up and thought her to come look at my trailer. I'm excited about it. I'm still excited, I'm excited about it. I'm ready to go over there right now. Yeah. I want to go put a fire in that new CTO. Well, we'll have to do that when we get back from yeah. Florida. Tracy um, asked me if I was going to haul it down to... Uh, Pensacola. I was like, well, no. It would be cool. I could have just went over there from Jordan. Dropped it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Leave a brand new trailer there. Yeah. I'd have to stay with it. Um, so, Weber has released a new grill, pellet grill. They did. It finally hit the market. What, a couple I weeks actually ago? got to put, um, I didn't see it in action, but when we were down at Grills of Mississippi, um, has it been a week, two weeks ago? No, like three. It was before we went to yeah, this vacation. Was, it was about yeah, two or three weekends ago. Um, they had just got in their shipment at the store, and they had the the big, big, big bottle and just the regular size model. And I, and I watched them put them both together. And I didn't get to see them. I hadn't seen anybody cook on them. I've been now, unfortunately, 
there's a lot of stuff on on YouTube, especially it's on Facebook. There's people saying that they're not operating like they say they're going to. Yeah, I you know so it's called the smoke fire grill. Yeah, Weber smoke fire is supposed to have like the Wi-Fi technology and all yeah. that. Twenty four inches is running about a thousand. A thirty six inch one is running about twelve hundred. I thought that was a pretty good price That's a point. Great price you know. Point. I mean, for twenty-four I mean, inches is kind of yeah, but it had more room than you would think, though. Yeah. When I looked at it, I mean, it, it, it was a decent sized grill. It really was, and the big one, I mean, has a lot of space. They, they've got potential. Um, What's the problems you've heard or seen? Pellets getting to the auger system because they well, put a short auger in it. They put it like in the middle. Uh-huh. You know how my Memphis wood fire grill is set up? Yes. That's what it, it reminded fe- me yeah, of when I checked you, it out. You feel the pellets up from, it's on the, from back. the back. It's like a slender hopper. Yes. Feeds down the fire parts in the middle instead of being on one end. Mm-hmm. The Weber kind of went with that technology. But I've heard that they didn't slope theirs enough to where it's not getting the pellets right. So you'll get them going for a while, and then you'll have to go either manually uh, shake it or stir them up or get them going because what? it's not there's not enough slope for them to steady fall, like to push themselves. I'd be upset if I bought this brand new grill and yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> so, I'd probably put something in there to build me a little ramp. Just give me a little piece of metal yeah, or. I don't want to have to go building stuff in my brand new cooker. Yeah, I'm um, with you on that. So one of the things that they like advertise because I read like the specs on yeah. it to come up with some questions for you. Um, they bragged about how uh, the augers were designed to decrease to to prevent. Uh, backburn, prevent or, backburn. Get the auger to. I mean, get the pellets to the auger faster. Yeah, because it's shorter distance. Yeah, is prevent why. the swings. Yeah, you know, the, the I don't know if swings. It, I don't know if that that's going to do that as much. I mean, that's a, that's kind of all in the the control. But you know, depending on it's like a lot of them are going to those non PUD PUD controller. I don't I don't get into all that. I kind of like the swing on my pellet grills. Yeah, why? Because it, it gives me smoke and it gives me range when it's dropping and it feeds more. It makes a little more smoke. I kind of like that. That's just my take. I mean, I but you also know. But I also don't look at swing. Yeah. I also don't look at the temp when I set it to something. I just let it roll. It's done when it's done. So it also says that. Um, what gets me on these grills, and maybe I'm not bashing them. I hope they do well with them, but they don't have a diverter. So, say if I'm cooking. A bunch At all? Of, if I'm cooking a bunch of pork butts, and I've just got all this grease dripping, and it just kind of goes down to the bottom, and that's where your ash goes too. And then I crank it up, and I want to, you know, cook me, throw my grill grates on, and cook me a steak, and I don't clean it because I'm bad not to clean. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's got to be, I mean, got to be easy to catch on fire. I don't know if it's happening or not. That was like one of my concerns the the way you clean it, because to me, those pellet grills work because they mostly have a heat diverter in them. They've got flavor bars like their pellet their uh, Why does gas it, grills. This but, one does not have a heat diverter? No, no, it doesn't. Which a heat diverter also acts as kind of a grease drain. Yeah. It channels whatever's dripping, it catches it and lets it gra- drain down to something. With this, it just all goes to the bottom. So I can imagine that gets gummed up. Let unless me read, you clean it all the time. So let me read this to you. Um, they've got something called flavorizer bars. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay. These angled metal plates stand between the firebox and the food grates above. They're designed to prevent grease from collecting inside the bottom of the cooker. The idea is that dripping grease hits the bars below, then vaporizes into gas and smoke. Oh, uh, yeah. I believe that. And it's it. supposed to be very easy to clean <laughs> and not collect any grease or ash, basically. 
Yeah, I think that's marketing, marketing, marketing. <laughs> I don't know, man. I hadn't cooked on once. I don't know. I'm just going by. This is observation looking at the grill. And the app. I would be interested in seeing, like, let's give this grill some time in real people's hands. In the lab, I'm sure it works great. Yeah. But. That don't always translate. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't have. I hadn't. I don't have one. So. <laughs> the app's supposed to be the big thing with it too. You want me to order one? Let's see what we do for that. <laughs> Let's see how long it takes us to screw it up. <laughs> yeah. Can we turn it into but the, a YouTube no, it's, video? But no, it does supposed to have good technology as far as what, they're, they're, what all you can do with the app and all, like the Wi-Fi part of it. Yeah. From my experience, none of those work great. Uh-uh. They don't mind. I've got three different Wi-Fi ones, different kind manufacturers, and I don't get none of them to work right. <clears throat> this one's supposed I, to be. You know, I kind of know what I'm doing a little yeah. bit. And whenever I question them, they're like, well, you know, we know, we know, you know, we know it's not. I, mean, I think they just put that stuff out there to sell. It's just a marketing yeah. gimmick. This is. I don't think you need, I mean, you don't need all that. Sure, it's handy, but I mean, who's going to be at work and want to try to turn their grill on? Matt says he does it. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Some, Matt Pittman with Meat yeah. Church. He, He's the one talking about it. I said, yeah, I'm surprised you get it to work. <laughs> he says <laughs> he does it from work and has it ready to go. Yeah. Um. They also did a cooking times thing with their app where you could tell, like, supposedly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean. Where you could say, I'm cooking an eight-pound pork butt. I do like that. Temperature, and they kind of give you a recipe and a cook. Yeah, what the, when to wrap. Which is or my what idea. To change it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted my app to be. Uh, one of these days, you can do it your way. So what's your overall opinion on the Weber? Um. I want to see how it, I mean, I think it's something I need to see how they've worked out the bugs in it. Sure. I mean, for the money, it's not a bad price grill, but I think it's still got kinks, you know, like anything new. So send Maybe. Us, Weber, send us one. No, no. <laughs> I don't want to buy one. <laughs> don't send it. I want to buy it. That way you don't owe anybody anything. <clears throat> so it's almost barbecue season. It is. I've got. Three, the 27th, I think, 26th, 27th, maybe, is my first con, uh, KCBS contest. Savannah, Tennessee. I have the new trailer there. The good Lord's willing, and the Tennessee River don't rise anymore. <laughs> if we can get this rain to stop. If not, we're going to go to a boat show, I guess, and see if we can find us a boat. Will that work? I can. I know what we can do. We can get a pontoon and get one big enough to put a grill on, and then I'm sure they got nice uh, – are you going to take me pontooning? Pontooning. <laughs> I do enjoy pontooning. <laughs> That's more our speed. Yeah. I'm not, I don't need a jet boat. Uh-uh. <laughs> I like pontooning for the same reason <clears throat> I like barbecue. But I've got that one coming up. The ones I've paid to enter so far are is Savannah, Memphis and May, and the Pusa Q, which is a monster contest in third weekend of June down in Montgomery, Alabama. You're really going to be... Glad you got that trailer. Yeah. I'll get double ACs on this one. It'll he Tracy told me, so I don't know how you're going to stay in there. <laughs> Why? He said, that's the, 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 the sleeping quarters with the AC unit on its own. He said, that's going to be like a walk in. Oh. Uh, you just shut that door and, and they're, the, they, they build their doors with like this, uh, insulated foam. So it's, it's kind of like a freezer door. Cause that's what he, he really, that's what part of their company was. They built freezers. And so they use some of that foam, and then when they do their build their custom doors and stuff, and for insulation. And so he said, "Man, it's gonna be like a walk-in in there." He said you're gonna freeze. And I said, "Wayland's gonna love it." 
what she all got to get out her big coat, <laughs> the Eskimo. <laughs> what is? You know how you go to Restaurant Depot and you go through the flaps yes. and they got the jackets there and you put them on. We're just when you come in the trailer, we'll give you a jacket. We'll just have them hanging there on a the hook. We'll go ahead and put it on. What do most people do? Just put one AC unit? Yeah, or? yeah. Most, the big RVs all have doubles, you know, yeah. but those are you know, like houses. This you one, ain't most people. Yeah. I like it cold. <laughs> I don't want my meat to go bad. If I'm sitting uh-huh. out, you know, prepping all that, I don't want it to stay a balmy, you know, <laughs> 48 in there. It's <laughs> a good temp. That's a good excuse to stay at home. Yeah. Um, so the weather's getting warmer. It's beautiful out there today. It's, it I is. Mean, it feels like spring. Yeah. Um, what do you need to do to get your smokers ready? Gotta get yeah. If you had if you hadn't started firing them up already, go ahead and give them that that springtime cleaning. Because what does that entail? Well, you never know what they've been setting up. You might have had some kind of animal build a nest or something in it, or just maybe you know dust. You know how it is when you leave stuff outside. Even if it's covered up, they still need a good cleaning. Um, I always do that. You know, take the grates out, make sure they're clean. Scrape anything out you missed if you didn't winterize them. Get them, you know, all the grease out. Maybe do a good burn. Do a good burn in it. Get some smoke in it, you know. Reseason it after you clean it and uh, get them operational. It's that time. Restock. Restock your supplies. Get you, get you some good rolled up charcoal and some killer hogs rubs and sauces. <laughs> <laughs> That's you all. You know, get ready for spring. Updated. Or fill up your propane tank. Yep. Fill up the Get your propane. pellets. Get your coals. That's it. What's the first recipe you would cook this spring? Your backyard guy, you got you one. Probably ribs. Ribs. Yeah. It's time to start working on them ribs recipes. It is time to start yeah. practicing. I imagine, you know, it didn't seem like people stopped cooking for the winter yeah, this year. Most did. of the time, we see a lull to where things slow down, um, especially before Christmas and then after Christmas for January. And February is usually dead. dead. But, man, it has been extremely busy as far as just general comments, questions, people posting stuff that I keep up with. I mean, it's barbecue is booming. There, well, there. You know, it's not seasonal anymore. No, that's what that's what, exactly. Exactly, it used to be, kind of be that. It's an extension of your kitchen. Barbecue now. season was Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yeah, all the stores said it. That's when they set out their things. That's not happening anymore. You know, we're seeing like in our local store. We, um, was it last year? Our first year. We, we started working with kind of a local Mississippi distributor, and they started putting some of our stuff so, in some yeah. grocery stores. And he had told me that, you know, he'd been doing this business for a long time, and that he had seen it. It's it's always rush, uh, yeah, it's seasonal. stores do it seasonal. They don't want to order rubs and sauces. They're not trying new stuff certain times of the year. They're going to make their buy for this season then. And so he had like a little section in the meat department, and it stays hammered. Like year round, there's no seat. And he's like, man, the numbers are, you know, the numbers are there. It's like, y'all are still moving stuff and not just us. He sells other people's things, but the whole, the whole, you know, set, the whole set across the board is steady moving. And it's not supposed to be doing that. So that tells me that it's more popular than ever. That people aren't just doing Memorial Day to Labor Day. It is an extension of your kitchen. Like you said, Yeah, it's, I mean, people, people just love to cook outside. And I think, with the pellet grill industry and, you know, um, social media and the way everything is, it's easy. People are seeing it and they're, and they're, they're not scared of barbecue anymore. It's not just a man's thing for grilling, you know, 
Yeah, that's another thing. You had to barbecue. You had to invite your friends over and barbecue yeah. on Fourth of July. Yeah, but now with the internet and there's recipes and everything, and you people, can do all kinds of stuff. And it's not there. just burgers, hamburgers, you know, yeah. hamburgers, hot dogs, ribs, chicken. I mean, we're, we're that's kind of what I do. I show people you can cook any, anything you can cook inside. We can turn that into a recipe you can cook outside, and people are realizing it. And then that it's not hard or not overly complicated, and that's growing this sector. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful. It's fantastic. I love cooking outside. Outdoor kitchens are more popular now than they ever have been. That's been a big thing I've been seeing recently that that people are really planning on their homes or even if they've got existing homes, building it's outdoor not a cooking areas. Afterthought. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's part of your home. It's your yeah. outdoor living. It's a living space or yeah. entertaining space. So the market's great. So if you are a <coughs> but barbecue season. <clears throat> Still kind of runs for competitions. Well, it kind of picks up this time of year and runs till barbecue. Traditional fall. barbecue comps do in our area. Yeah. But what's not is steaks. Have you noticed there's been just as many all winter long? There has. If you've wanted to cook one every weekend, there's one somewhere. Yeah. And that's that's what's really impressive. It's how much that SEA steak contest has brought the everyday guy into it, yeah. being able to compete. And they've done well, it well. I mean, I don't even know if they realized what they had, you know, what it was going to do. Yeah. But it's like a bomb, you know, and it's it's grown so much. And not just here in the States, it's grown internationally. It's turned it's turned an international market on to what we're doing over here. And those, you know, they're having contests and, you know, Australia's booming. Japan's doing it. I mean, you got South, South American countries doing mm-hmm. it. You've got European countries doing it. I mean, it's crazy. Canada, you know, of course, Canada, they, you know, there's, I mean, it's everywhere. The SEA is everywhere. Well, you can put a, up a hundred, hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. Take the grill you probably already have and go try to win a yeah. thousand cooking a steak that everybody knows how to cook because they give you the meat. The yeah. it's a one day thing. Most that's of exactly the time. that's exactly yeah. why it's popular. So it's less intimidating than yep. going and cooking a KCBS. Yep. And I've noticed a lot of like backyard cooks popping up. You you'll be more likely yeah. to find a backyard cook non sanctioned type event. Than you will a KCBS nowadays. Yeah, well, I think you it's know, just ribs now, and chicken or something like that. No doubt about it. It's getting crazy expensive to cook, say, like KCBS stuff. I mean, look, I mean, I just bought a thirty thousand, thirty five thousand dollar trailer to do it. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, that's kind of you know, it's crazy, really. Yeah, you think it about is. it that we're going out there cooking barbecue and and spending all this money and time. I mean, I do it because I'm probably because I'm crazy. <laughs> 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 I like it. I enjoy it. You know, it's. Um, it's kind of your life and your yeah, business. Yeah, it is. Too. It is. It's, but it's not my business. That's really my hobby. Yeah, that's it's something true. I like to do. You know, that's my bass boat. It's not. You know, I don't have to go out there and do the comps. I mean, you know, that's something I don't have to do. But um, I so I enjoy it, spending my money there. And I, you know, I think that's just other people. But if you let's say you just you you've got a couple cookers and you want to go cook a KCBS, it's still thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. Between entry fees and it's and harder, and you know, and you know, and going in, that, yeah, it's. I mean, you're probably and you pro- a little under advantage, yeah, you know? for real. And you, one one person doing all that, that's difficult. It yeah. is, yeah. But one man steak, heck, that's nothing. Yeah, exactly. You can throw your so stuff you, in the back if, of the truck and, and go have fun. If you're new to this and you're interested in getting into competition, what would you say? Find a backyard barbecue I'll, or a steak cook. I usually say start, you know, if you're inter- yeah, if you're interested in barbecue comp, they're two different things, really. 
it's not the same. I mean, steak, yeah. steak, and barbecue's barbecue. If you're interested in barbecue, start local. If there's not a local one, go to KCBS and find one to attend. Go check it out first. Or go get ask questions. Go go take the judging class. Yeah. Get certified first. Maybe even take a barbecue cooking class. Ton of great ones out there. And then you know that way you're put yourself ahead of the curve because if you just jump in and don't really know, it's gonna be it's hard now. Um, it's hard for somebody that's you know brand new that nothing no experience to just to go be successful at KCBS. Heck, it's hard. You got to put. A, yeah, it's. I mean. It really is. Yeah. It's tough. It's a lot harder than it was 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. I think. I mean, oh, yeah. That's kind of when we got going in KCBS. We were rookies at it, but we knew coming from NBN what it took. So we kind of had some, you know, little experience in the barbecue world anyway. Coming from the old but, style NBN, moving to KCBS, I remember us thinking how how easy KCBS was. <laughs> yeah. It seemed simple to us at first. I mean, that's all we got to do is cook this. Oh, yeah, we got that. <laughs> And we did well. I mean, we weren't for what we did. But. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you no, know, you went on a tear there for, yeah. you know, a little yeah. bit. Um, so, St. Patrick's Day, right yes. around the corner. I told you, I got this uh, little Guinness Guinness recipe I'm doing. It's for steak and potatoes. That's a good one. I'm going to do it with a flat iron steak instead of just, you know, I could have went the easy route and chose a ribeye. But I like cooking flat irons. It's an inexpensive cut of steak. You can usually get them for about five or six bucks a pound, and a two-pound flat iron's a big flat iron. Yeah. So you're talking you got ten, twelve bucks and a steak that'll feed your family. Because the way That's I do it, dinner. I cook them. You know, I cook them. They don't. They don't take long to cook. The I, what is it, about ten to twelve minutes is all I cook one because with anytime you're cooking an inexpensive cut of meat, you want to keep it on that rare, medium rare. You don't want to overcook it because it's not going to be good. There's no forgiveness in a cheap cut. Do you always marinate? No, I mean, yeah. Sometimes you just season it. Yeah, good. but this time I've I've uh, I've been working on a Guinness marinade. That I'm, I mean, it's a simple marinade. I use some some Guinness and some Worcestershire and soy and some seasoning, and marinate it for you know at least an hour or so. It's not like it's a super long soak. You could go four or five if you wanted to, but and then grill the steak and then uh, serve it with a sauce okay. that I make. Like it's like a. So you're not glazing it? No, no, no. Okay. No, I didn't glaze it, but what I did, you know, once I got it grilled, uh, once I get it grilled, I'm going to make this, uh, it's kind of a take, you know, the brisket sauce that I make where I would. The mushroom? Shallot? Uh, yeah, it's got shallots and mushrooms and garlic and all that good stuff in it. And then normally I would take like red wine and reduce it down and concentrate it. Then I'd mix it back with beef broth and do some other things to it. But this, I'm kind of taking a version of that and using Guinness instead of the in place of the wine, and then reducing it down and concentrating those flavors from the Guinness. It's kind of got that dark, um, almost coffee esque. You know how yeah, Guinness has yeah. kind of got that flavor to it. It's really good, it, really it, good sauce. I think Guinness would. It's, work it's a really, really good steak well sauce. I, mean, I think I forgot about <laughs> a bottle. <laughs> it's, it's a really good steak sauce. Yeah, but a dark beer, a stout like that, you know, it, it goes really good. Especially with steak, and then the potatoes, I just simple roasted, uh, grill roasted potato. Yeah. And speaking of spring, it's crawfish <coughs> season. So it is, and that's <laughs> that's next. We got spring break, man. I'm doing crawfish. I'm gonna try to do a video. I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm. We're gonna put out. We're gonna work. We're on, not gonna try. We're doing one. We're gonna do a video. We did an old, old, old crawfish video. I don't even know if it's still live or really? whatever, but. At it the was, old house, yeah. It was. Man, it's like know. one of those things where it's in actual pieces. Like I didn't know how to edit yet. Yeah, it's just here's like the rinsing. How we clean them? Here's how we season our pot. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna do it all. 
We're going to do it up. I'm going to order a couple sacks of crawfish next week. We're going to uh, purge them. We're going to season them. We're going to boil, you know, we're going to boil them and we're going to eat them. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just your basic good old crawfish bowl. I ain't doing nothing fancy to it. No multiple pots, I don't think. I'm doing a one. If you were to go buy a sack of crawfish and want to cook them at the house, you'll be able to do it after this recipe. Yeah. And I it, like- hey, it ain't saying it's the only way, but it's a dead gum good way. <laughs> I know that. Well, you've been it working ain't on gonna this. Re- and ain't going to reseason them once they get come out of the pot and get all that hot seasoning all that. over it. Ain't doing that. It burns your lips. Yep. These are just going to be juicy, head sucking, tail pinching. Delicious treats from the fruits of the bayou. <laughs> fruits of the bayou. <laughs> I like crawfish eating. Same yeah. reason I like barbecuing and pontooning. That's it. <laughs> if you don't, I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> well. Anything else we got going on? You were on Greg, Greg Rampy. Yes. Uh, from a hotel room. From a hotel I, you room. Get, I, you came in last night like at bedtime. Like yeah. At 10 o'clock. No, that was like we stopped in Tiffany, we Georgia. Talked. Um. I ran in and checked in the hotel, ran up to the room, and it was a nice, I mean, you know, I think it was a Marriott property, Staybridge Suites or something like that. Had a nice desk in it, nice office chair. I got my computer out because I was just going to have to do telephone. I didn't know if I was going to be somewhere where I could do yeah. it. Turned my little hotspot on, logged in, and Skyped up. Greg called me up. We did the whole show right there. Then I went to Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> and got my fix. What did you and Greg <laughs> talk about this week? Um, we talked about... Um, man, what did we talk about? Oh, the trailer, mainly. Yeah. We were supposed to talk about going to Jamaica and stuff like that, but then a segment run long on talking about the trailer and stuff, so he asked me if you were going to stay in it. What'd you say? That's why I got it. He wanted to know if he was mad at him about the uh, Bloody Mary, his comments on the Bloody Mary last time. He was like, what? he thinks, uh, you don't remember, um, so he getting caught up in the whole garnish thing, you know, I told him how you garnished ours up and all, but. But you, that's not something that you would even care about, is it? The garnish, because you you think it's more about the flavor anyway. I feel like I feel like it becomes a garnish contest. It does, and I'm gonna lose a garnish contest every time because I'm not gonna decorate. I'm not gonna dress a lobster up, you know, in a top hat and put him with dancing shrimp. You know, like <laughs> I'm just not gonna do that. <laughs> I don't have time. It's more, it's more about the way the <laughs> a good taste of Bloody Mary to me. I so. think it should be. Yeah, and so. We what about did he that. say about it though? He was he was adamant about that. Yeah, that it, that garnish yeah. is like yeah, I'm, it's it's not a decorating contest. Yeah. It's a Bloody Mary contest. Can yeah. you make a good taste in Bloody Mary? I mean, and if it, you want to do that, to me, that's a whole different contest. Yeah, what would that be like? Something on TV? How to decorate or? a Bloody Mary contest, <laughs> and then you know, yeah. best what taste in Bloody Mary contest. I agree. You tell him I don't get mad about much. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> that's why I love you. I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's something I get mad about. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's it. Where can they find us, Shell? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell. And everybody come out to Pensacola. Make sure you all come yep. by and see us. It is going to be spring break, so we're going to stay down in uh, Orange Beach area most of next week. I don't know if we'll be back in time to do a podcast or not. Yeah, we will. But we're going to do a crawfish video at some point during spring break. And 
hopefully to bring back some good stuff to cook from the butcher shop. Oh yeah. For the freezer. So, uh, thanks for hanging out with us today and we'll tell y'all all about the Pensacola trip and what all's going on in spring break and start gearing up for comp season. <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs>